Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host, joined by my blue collar badass, Matt. How are you doing, man? Doing fantastic, Dylan. It's been uh, a busy week here in Michigan. Lots of lots going on in construction. Um, really quick, wanted to follow up on our last show. Uh, I was telling a story about our, our roofers who and their their rep who solved a huge problem for us. Um, our team is, was MTD Construction. They're a local firm, but the rep was John's Manville, Mansville, that came out and basically gave my clients a, a 60 mil roof for the price of a 45 because of a, a, a defect in manufacturing. So I wanted to make sure I remember to get that out there this time. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's things like that, right? Is to give the shout outs and credit where credit's due and, um, you know, praise people publicly and, uh, just like you do in your companies and then uh, scold people in private, <laughs> not put them on blast. So we want to make sure that we're doing that same thing here, living uh, up to that standard. Um, just for me as a like kind of little update for everybody. So I live outside of Yosemite for those of you that don't know, and we have, a, there's a decent sized fire here in our kind of neck of the woods. So like on Monday, the, so this fire started Friday. Um, actually, we could see it when I was at the gun range and they had a, a bigger uh, tankers, like a DC-10 that they use for a like, tanker plane to drop all the chemicals that doesn't take off from our little airport because it, it needs a longer than 3,500 foot <laughs> runway to, to take off. But um, we saw it on, on Friday and it grew to, I think right now it's at 16 or 18,000 acres. Uh, oh, it's wow. like 25% contained, but the smoke from it on Monday was such that like, you basically should not go outside, but that's a lot of the things that we deal with in California, um, during fire season, it's a real thing, you know, like smoke can be very bad. And then when we like Friday, Saturday, when we were looking at it, you could, cause you could see where the fire is, but you know, there's like four mountain ranges <laughs> between us and it, um, and it looks just like a, like you, a mushroom cloud. And so you have like this big plume of, of smoke, um, coming up from, from these fires. So it's a, it's a real thing. Fire season is, uh, here, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah. So for all you out there and like that don't have to deal with fires, which is basically, you know, most <laughs> the of the country, of the country, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it is a real thing here in California. Um, so that's my little, like, what's going on outside of me traveling all the time. And, uh, oh yeah, I ran the marathon in San Francisco this last weekend, which I'll talk about probably on a like Thursday fire or something. Um, and how that went and how That's I That's awesome, man. Hope you, hopefully you weren't running in the smoke. So no, uh, luckily that it doesn't blow that way. So this is, uh, it's in Mariposa County. So it's on like the South border of Yosemite. So like the Southern piece of Yosemite is on fire right now but uh, they're, they're working to get it contained, but it's cool to see like the, well, it's cool and bad to see these uh, fire planes come in and, you know, do what they do. <laughs> for sure. With that guys, uh, onto our guest for today's episode is Corina Burton, who is the co-founder and franchiser of CPR construction cleaning and owner of unstoppable media and host for the unstoppable podcast a mother for serial entrepreneur, brand builder, marketing expert, and industry uh, generational disruptor, which we'll get into, uh, has 15 years of industry experience in B2B marketing, sales, branding, um, and she's driven by the passion and is considered an industry leader. Her skills include expertise in contract negotiation, six figures or seven figure sales, uh, business development, customer relationship management, problem solving, uh, content, and brand recognition recognition creator. Um, with that, Karina lives her life by believing and knowing that she is unstoppable. So with that, Karina, welcome to the Construction Corner Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Dylan and Matt. Um, I'm just now meeting Dylan here online, but I have been connected with Matt for quite some time. I feel like since really the beginning of when I started CPR construction cleaning. I feel like it's been a while, but like time yeah. passes by so fast that I don't really know. Um, so I'm so glad that we were able to connect. Um, before you guys ask me any like crazy questions, I'm going to just 
throw something that's a little uh, funny. Dylan, do you know I'm from Yosemite? <laughs> like my family lives there. Like I grew up and went to Yosemite High School. So where do you live? Uh, so I live in Twain Heart. So Sonora, Wait. like, so I'm in the, I'm on Tuolumne County is where I'm at. Okay. So I grew up in Corsgold in Oakhurst was where my high school, where, you know, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, and I lived there until I was 17, graduated high school and then moved to Southern California. And I have, my dad still lives there and runs his business. Um, so I go back home quite often, but that was funny here. Like my hometown, Yosemite, I'm like, what? Like that's tiny. <laughs> that is a tiny place. So that's like a one in a zillion chance when that happens. And I'm like, wow, I don't know you, but suddenly we're connected. Small world. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I say Yosemite cause like that's the closest landmark cause mm-hmm. nobody knows Sonora Pass yeah. or anything like that. That's so, like yeah. when I say I'm from Coarse Gold, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I sound like I have a twang. I'm from Coarse Gold y'all. Like literally it's like the rodeo. I grow up like in the foothills of Yosemite. So I always am like, okay, it's it, it's literally the last city before you get into Yosemite, but it's right before Fresno. You know where that is? Like it's in between that. It's funny because like nobody has any idea unless you give them kind of like those landmarks because they're so tiny. Yeah, so. even core school, like I don't know, but I know like Oakhurst, like we've been there and like Mariposa, like on that side of it. Um, it's just like saying Groveland, you know, for the East Gate. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, hello, uh, <laughs> hometown friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, first of all, sorry about all the rescheduling. We, we kind of bounced back and forth. Uh, geez, it seems like, I don't know, for the last month, month or two, trying to trying to get a time to get you on the show. So glad it finally worked out and glad we're all uh, yeah, same. sitting down on Zoom finally. So let's just jump right into it, Karina. Um, CPR construction cleaning. Um, you mentioned that's kind of when we connected and, and I think you're right. It was probably just about just before the pandemic started, if I'm correct. Is that yes. about when you started? So we started the company, um, end of 2019, but it was part-time, uh, you know, we just thought we'd give it a go and we didn't realize how fast it was going to take off. But then when we decided to jump in with two feet and do it full time, it was, um, January, 2020. And then, you know, two months later we're hit with the pandemic and then we're just like locked in. So it was a really interesting time, but because of that, you know, it really gave me as the person who was, you know, in charge of all the business development, growth, sales, marketing, creating the company's brand. I had to really dive in deep in a very different way than I ever knew, because I'm really a relationship builder, like person to person that I had to figure out how to do it organically online and, and, and reach people in a way that even through social media, you can feel that there was authenticity and there was integrity behind it. So I'm super grateful for it because, you know, it really catapulted the business into, being just a local business into, you know, it was serving six additional states shortly, you know, into, I think it was like probably year, year and a half, maybe two years. And then recently we pulled back, we um, took off our teams so that we allowed franchising to happen. And now, you know, we, have been franchising. I think it's, we started officially in June of this year and we already have six um, locked in and signed in contracts. So that's like on its way and rocking and rolling. That is, that is awesome. Um, So where, you know, you probably can't tell me exactly where, but are you spreading out the franchise nationwide or are you sticking to the West side of the state or the West side of the country? Yeah. Yeah. So great question. We are doing it nationwide, but I'm going to put like a little asterisk that, you know, here in this conversation on that, because, um, you know, when you're franchising, you have to, um, in certain States that are, um, 
a little bit more difficult to get your foot in the door, like California being one of them, New York being another. So there's like non-registered states, then there's like a blue register, and then there's like that red where you kind of have to go through some hoops and leaps and bounds. So I don't want to like deceive anyone, but um, all the states that are a non-registered, non-registration state or the ones that are in um, the lighter and easier where you have a couple hoops. Those are the ones that we are, which are a significant amount. That's why, I, or else I would just name all the states. Um, but they really range between West to East Coast. So we do have somebody who is closing on their franchise and they are in New Jersey. So, I mean, it's all just really exciting stuff. We're really in, I mean, we're about to hit, in, I mean, we're about to be in August, but like what that's, in two months, we were able to, you know, sell six and we haven't even really talked about it too much. These are just like talking to people and then people really being like, I want to get on board, right? We're actually the very first franchise company to create a construction cleaning uh, franchise. So, um, so we're the first in the market. You will not have any other, you know, if you're to buy a cleaning type company, it's going to be a janitorial or made like service. Um, we're the only specialized uh, trade. And it's really exciting to be the first um, in the market yeah. to provide that kind of service as a franchise. So. Oh, that's great. And, and I want to get into your, to your explosive growth and, and how you did it through, through social, but kind of let's back up a bit. And how did you, how did you pick construction cleaning, right? That's a, it's one of those trades, those specialty trades that it's, so I, I'm a general contractor. Mm-hmm. We, we rely very heavily on construction cleaning trades, but they're also one of the ones we forget about until we need them at the very last second. So how did, like, how yeah. did you, where'd you decide to dip your toes into that, that realm? That's funny. Cause it's so true. I'm like, wow. When you say that you break my heart, you forget about me, but <laughs> I'm used to it by now. So that's a really great question. Um, because most, I'm trying to think, I would say 11, uh, 12, 12, 13, 13 of the 15 years of my experience has been in construction, right? Like okay. in the construction, uh, I should say commercial real estate slash construction. So, you know, I, I really already had like, that comfortability of being in that space and being in areas that were maybe like overly saturated and, um, you know, predominantly men were in my industry and, you know, I, I felt always really comfortable and that kind of goes back even more so with how I grew up and my dad and, and, you know, what he does for work for his business and growing up um, with my dad being someone who um, provided uh, s- sprinkler parts for farmers in Fresno in, in like the Central Valley and, you know, throughout California. And now he, um, well, over the last 17 years, he has um, been somebody who's been in the um, water conservation area where, um, you know, he provides resources to help with water conservation for, um, for homes, for hospitality, any, you know, shower heads, right. But then also he does that as well for um, farming, irrigation, golf courses, anything like that. So, you know, he had me always in these areas where it was very male dominated. And so, you know, when I started developing and going into my career. It never felt like a foreign thing to me. I always felt like, oh yeah, this is comfortable. Yes, is it a little bit more difficult? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you got you have to have thick skin to do it, and you have to be really savvy. You have to be very knowledgeable, and you cannot go in blindly because you will be eaten up by people. <laughs> They'll just look at you and be like, yeah, right. I don't think you really know what you're talking about. So you have to be very well versed. So you know. With that, I I knew I still wanted to stay in the um, commercial real estate space. I knew I I had to think of an idea because I had, you know, I was in a partnership before and um, in business, and 
it did not work out very well. It ended pretty poorly. And I ended up pretty much left with nothing and actually ended up left with extreme loss, extreme debt and about to lose everything. So I walk away and I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't even know what to do. I just kind of get a job within the commercial real estate space and I'm doing, you know, BD and I'm like, what should I do? I don't, I don't even know. I'm this lost puppy. And one day I started learning about construction cleaning because I had a little stint in janitorial for property management for a large you know, buildings and things like that, like all the high rise buildings and medical facilities, things like that. And I hated every second of it. I hated that <laughs> job so much. Like, I don't know, like there was so many people who complained that didn't matter what you did, you could bend over backwards, they would find something to complain about. And, you know, so there was no thought in my mind, I would ever like try to create a janitorial company. And someone, it was like all the stars aligned. So someone in the construction space asked if I did construction cleaning. And I was like, no, we don't, we do carpet cleaning. And I'm like, that's what we do. We specialize in carpet cleaning this is the company that I just jumped into because I needed a paycheck to help provide for my family. And I'm a mom of four. So I was like, no, we don't. And, um, but I was like, what is this construction cleaning you're talking about? So he starts talking to me more about it. And I had this huge like light go on because one of the things that I love and has created my ultimate success in any industry, it didn't matter if it was overly saturated. Um, it didn't matter if that company was not doing well. My success rate on sales and marketing really was um, excelled because I always tried to solve problems. I came in as a problem solver. And so I get really excited about being able to, to come in and bring solutions to you. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to create solutions. So I'm like, you tell me all of your pain points. So I like write them all down. And then I go to, um, who's my business partner now. Um, I said to him, I was like, Hey, what do you think about this? Cause he had been in janitorial for about 17 years. And I'm like, I know that you had mentioned in the past and somehow I'm like connecting the dots, you know, what do you think about doing this? And he's like, yes, let's do it. So then I go and I do a market research. I ask people, what are your pain points? So essentially we developed CPR construction cleaning under the pain points. And we created that to be our strengths. And we decided we're not going to create this as a janitorial company, because that is where the issue lies. Everyone who struggles is dealing with a company who is predominantly janitorial or made like service. And they're just taking your job because you, they just randomly got it. Somehow they got it, but they don't care because let me tell you, having a paid when paid contract, so to speak, right with, with general contractors is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Contract-based services are a lot easier. The problem here is with janitorial, you have a very, very low profit margin compared to what we do. That is much more, you know, there's a higher profit and, you know, higher pay. We have low turnover, but there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of hard work that goes behind it. And the two cleans are night and day, right? Like you have to be extremely detailed when it comes to construction, but then there's also the safety factor behind it because you're working along all alongside all the other trades. So, you know, being able to have the confidence knowing that we were going into a space that was a non-contractal, right? Where it's not month to month and, or year to year. It's, it's essentially a, um, you know, one-off, so to speak, even though some of our contracts will last a year because some of the projects, you know, some of the, the data centers that we clean will last years and years because that's how long they take because they are very intricate. They're very detailed. Um, but you know, we have tons of jobs that are, you know, one day they are just a final clean. Um, so I know long story short, 
but that's really how, you know, we started the company and we really came into it wanting to be a solution that contractors really need, you know, and, and we actually carry, you're not just a job that we acquired so we can get some extra money. That's awesome. You know, that's... <laughs> you're on mic drop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that, that... I mean, problem solving and, and being the solution provider is is so key in this industry, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's building buildings or cleaning buildings or designing buildings, you, know, you have to be able to, to provide that solution to people. And you're spot on about most of the cleaning companies out there. And that's why I didn't mean to slight your trade when I said we, we forget about you guys, but it's because most of the, the cleaning firms that we've had are just what you said. They're, they're janitorial cleaning services that we kind of pull into the construction world and say, Hey, we need you to do this. Mm -hmm. Some, some of them do a great job. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them don't. And, you know, it's frustrating to say the least when, you know, we typically don't hire cleaning firms during construction for what we do, but Mm -hmm. certainly final clean. And that's, you know, it's got to be spotless. It's got to be perfect. We're handing over the keys to a multi, multi multi-million dollar facility. We can't have, you know, my dirty handprint on the window still. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable how, you know, there's like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into a project between obviously all of the GCs on that site and also all of the trades. And it always amazes me how, you know, when the owner walks and it looks dirty, that place is shit. Like, it's not like I am mad right now. I don't care that that chandelier looks phenomenal there or that all of this really amazing, like technology is in here. It is messy. It is dirty. It is unsafe. Like that is all they see. And so, you know, to be able to uh, have your guys's back, so to speak, where, you know, they come in and they see what you have done. You've got to have a great trade partner who also wants to support you to receive that type of feedback from ownership as well. And, you know, for us, like we really, like that is our number one, um, uh, I was going to say goal, but it's really like in our core values is industry partnership. And that means that we're in it together. So as a team player, I know what my role is. I know it's to make you shine. It's to make you look amazing. And, and that's what we want. We want, you know, your ownership to walk in and be like, wow, you guys did amazing. They're not going to be like, wow, this cleaning team is amazing. You know what I mean? They're going to think you are. And really at the end of the day, that's what matters because you guys will continue to remember us and want to continue to contract us. And that's, that's really what, you know, the name of partnership and being on the same team is all about. So with that, like what types of projects do you guys typically, is it final clean? Is it throughout the process? Like what's your, you know, typical engagements look like? Yeah. So since we're specialized trade in construction cleaning, we provide all three phases. Well, so we actually have now an additional, um, phase that we like to offer everyone, especially because of COVID. So we have, of course, our, our, uh, rough clean. That's what we call it. So it's the initial clean. Um, then you have your final clean and then you have your touch up clean, or some people call it powder puff. I said, I always hear it's like either, (laughs) you know, touch up or powder puff clean, but, um, and then the fourth one is any type of sanitization disinfecting. That was kind of big during COVID where, you know, before anyone even comes into the building, we come in and do a complete disinfecting because, you know, we want whoever's moving into these spaces to feel comfortable and confident that hundreds of people weren't coming in and out of here and we are the last ones and we have disinfected it and it's basically, you know, brand new for them. So, so we do that, but we also provide, um, you know, exterior cleaning, anything that's like, you know, from, you know, keeping the site clean and meticulous for safety and, you know, also for the community, because when there's wind and stuff, it blows the trash everywhere and goes into people's yards, into the streets and things like that. But, 
you know, we also do, you know, pressure washing and um, window cleaning, any type of like exterior, we do that as well for construction cleaning. Um, we actually, not that I'm like trying to solicit this now, but I don't want anyone to go on and look and see, but we've just decided to extend those um, services out to more people because we get this asked all the time. People really like working with us because we are such a problem solving company and we really try to always put our clients' needs first. Um, you know, not everyone's in the construction and they still ask us like, hey, do you guys, can you guys do our window washing? Can you do, you know, any exterior cleaning for our project? So I'm excited that we're able to kind of branch out a little bit, but it's been, you know, three years of 100% dedicated for you know, specialized construction cleaning and only working with GCs. How many employees do you currently have? Um, so it's gone down right now because um, like I had mentioned, we had closed down um, most of our six states. Um, so now those are franchised out, right? Okay. So they're not our direct employees. But, and, you know, we still have Phoenix, which is our corporate, but I still am managing it with um, my, uh, my co-founders and my partners. And so on staff right now, we have about, um, I would say about, I want to say 60 or 70 cleaners, okay. right? Um, always here um, in Phoenix, but, you know, before we had in the, in the hundreds somewhere, um, because okay. we had six states. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of nice though, to be able to franchise because I like being able to focus on corporate and then helping people become their best selves. Right. So I actually am enjoying this transition a little bit. So that's kind of where I was going with that with, with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of employees stretched across six states. How in the heck do you manage to maintain culture, let alone operational control, but, but how do you maintain culture when you obviously can't be in all six states at any given time? So we just partnered with the people. Honestly, it's because of the people we partner with. You always partner with people who have the same ethical values that you do. People who care, people who want to be a partner as well, right? Like we all want to make money. Like don't get me wrong. I've been in a place in my life where I had no money at all. And so I love money, but money doesn't drive me. I know money will come as I continue to kick ass in life and build my empire. But you have to find other people to partner with who have essentially the same mindset, right? Like their integrity and their work ethic drive first. And then they know that they're going to make money in the back end and good money too. So that has been really a great um, position for us to be able to keep that company culture and also, um, you know, our clients really happy and, and, and driving the performance for people to continue to want to work with us. Yeah. And I mean, you can see it, you can see the culture of the company come through in your, your social media and the company's social media. And that, that's what kind of drove me to ask that because it it's, it's no easy task, right? We, we focus in Southeastern yeah. Michigan and, and just keeping the culture with all of our teams at the level we want is, is a lot of work. So doing it, you know, spread out across that many different uh, geographic areas, that's, it's gotta be a tough road. Yeah, it definitely can be. And then we've had moments where we've partnered with the wrong people and we're like, uh, bad mayday back out. Okay. We're done. We've moved on past. You've got to find other people. But for the most part, like that's the blessing about, you know, my partners, he has been in janitorial for 17 plus years. And so, you know, we are, we all are picking from the same labor pool. We, we are, but it's a matter of what do they want to do? What satisfies them? So a lot of times they'll stay with us. We pay higher rates. Um, our hours are much more um, desired because we work essentially during the day on all janitorials, typically night cleaning at ridiculous yeah. hours. <laughs> and so, you know, 
we, you know, he's just had like a really good um, pocket of, you know, connections. And he's, he's been able to know like who we should partner with and then, you know, who we shouldn't, so to speak and that type of stuff. So that's been a huge blessing on that end to have that. So on that, for some of the growth that you went through in uh, really the early days, what would you attribute, you know, that growth to and, you know, getting all these jobs and then expanding out um, and we can go into like the decision to expand to multiple states, but um, kind of walk us through like that initial uh, ramp up period and, and, you know, getting those jobs and what you were doing mm-hmm. as you got everything off the ground. Yeah. So, you know, knowing that we had created a business, a type of service that was really highly needed, it was really now a matter of how do we market it? Because, you know, when you're, when you're working with janitorial or maid services, um, you see that they all brand themselves or you kind of get the same feel from majority of, of that industry. And so I already had an idea that I really wanted to, um, set ourselves apart, like completely into a completely separate category because I, I wanted to start becoming that person that you're, I'm not the last person you think about, right? Like, ah, let's think about CPR. I know that we got to get them ASAP because let's work on how we can use their specialized skills throughout the project and make our lives a lot easier. So, you know, initially it was really just B2B, right? Like, because it was right before the pandemic happened and I was really pushing our brand. Um, So like for me, my vision as somebody who, you know, does this for a living with creating a brand, it's like, I am selling a brand and I just so happen to do construction cleaning, right? Because my operations is going to do exactly what I just told, what I'm just telling you, right? So I need to get you to be as in love with this brand as I am. So that's really like my approach on how I do that. And so I started initially doing that and um, getting people really excited about it. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck do I do? I'm not like, I was not social media savvy at all. I had my Instagram that I post about my children. I like, that was it. Like I didn't, there was just no way. I'm like, I don't even know. But I always used LinkedIn as a way to connect. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to kind of lean into LinkedIn right now and start sharing our brand, our business, the way that I would through, um, you know, but through social media. And as we started creating content and showing our brand, our brand and our family, right, our, the CPR family, I noticed that people were really becoming engaged and saying like, wow, you guys don't, I would never think that you're a construction cleaning company. Like I would never think that you're a cleaning company in general, let alone construction cleaning. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, I've got to think even further outside the box. Cause that was kind of like, it was doing its thing but it wasn't growing fast enough. And so then that's kind of when I started putting myself out there. And I would say probably like mid 2020, I started really creating content that was um, just really sharing more about my personal journey as an entrepreneur and how I started and how everyone's seeing that CPR is kind of blowing up, but it's taken me, you know, at that point, it would have been, you know, 10 years, right? Like it took me about eight to 10 years to get to a point where I had experienced failure after failure after failure 
after failure, right? Right before I started CPR, I was like on the brink of losing my house. I lost my car. I had no money. I was living like every time I was like, I have $15 in my account. Okay, I get paid in two days. And it was really a scary time, but I still believed enough in what I was trying to create that even when I had $15, I was two months into building CPR. Like that's really scary. And I don't know why I was crazy to do that because I have four kids, but still I did it. I did it anyways. And so I thought, you know what, like we're in this pandemic and everyone's struggling and you know, it's a scary, scary time. And I thought that maybe sharing my story would help give people hope and remember that even through the most awful times of our life, even feeling when you have $16 in your bank account and you have, you know, six people to feed, you're going to make it through. You just have to have faith. And here's some steps on how to do that. And so when I started sharing all these things, it created my brand, but then I was able to um, share more about CPR. And the more my brand grew, the more CPR grew, and so on and so forth. And like I said about, you know, operations, operations did exactly what I said they would do. And that's what continued, you know, people being like, hey, we got to get CPR on here. You guys are on every single contract. Once you get in, you're in, right? We're we're in with right now the largest growing. I don't know if I can say their name. I don't want to get in trouble, but they are literally the largest growing general contractor in the US. And they're like blowing up. They basically came into Arizona and like plowed everyone out of the way, are getting into every single vertical. And they put us on every single contract that they have. And that's really, you know, a testament to, yes, I helped get that foot in the door. Yes, I helped build those relationships, but I couldn't have done that without my amazing team doing what they do, right? So, you know, it's the, that's the full circle effect, um, you know, as the brand in marketing sales, you're not going to have, you'll have initial success, but if it's not a full circle within your company, you're going to be essentially a one hit wonder <laughs> and, until you fizzle out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If you can't deliver, then no one will call you back. And, yeah. and I can speak to the, you know, putting someone like you and your, and your company on our team, that's what we do. That's how we, that's how we thrive in our, our little niche of the industry here is we partner with fantastic teammates and fantastic specialty contractors. And once, you know, once you're in the door, so to speak, we don't mm -hmm. want to let you go. We don't want to let any of our trades go work for anyone else if we could if we could do that but mm -hmm. you know and we know this it's the same thing with us if i'm out there you know selling the dream and, and running my mouth to in sales presentations if if my team's not behind me backing me up it's a short-lived uh adventure that we're all going to be on so I, I totally get it you know in, in terms of your your social media it was during the pandemic right at the beginning that i really started noticing what you were doing and you know, all of a sudden you were showing pictures, the, the company was showing, you know, pictures of your cleaning crews, you know, decked out in their bio suits, <laughs> sanitizing things. And it was like, wow, that's, that's unique, right? No one had, yeah. no one was, do, was showing that side of our industry. And then yeah. obviously it, it, it kind of spun into your, your own brand. And so I think that's probably a good segue. Let's talk a bit about uh, unstoppable media and, and, and unstoppable in general. What, what is that? And what, what can you tell us about it? Um, so that was, you know, very unexpected uh, opportunity that came into my lap because of growing. You know, my whole intention was all I cared about was growing CPR. So I was like, how do I do this? And, you know, with that, it did come with now having my own personal brand where people, um, you know, are, are frequently reaching out and wanting to know more on, you know, how to grow a business successfully, how to overcome, you know, limiting beliefs, how to overcome circumstances that they feel are currently defining them, how to overcome being a parent and still being able to thrive and be their best selves 
for themselves. But really the reality is, is when you're your best self as a parent, you're your best self as a parent for them. And, um, you know, and it just ended up kind of slowly, I've had this become like almost a slow evolution because, you know, my priority had been CPR and the more, it was not until like the end of, um, 2021. So it was December when I decided, okay, that's it. I keep getting asked people, you know, are you going to start a podcast? And we want you to start it. And I was like, what do I name it? I have no idea. And I started kind of like brainstorming and kicking names around with people. Like I I actually have, so I provide mentoring, mentoring and uh, consulting, right. Coaching uh, opportunities, but I also have coaches and mentors, right? Like I invest in those to help me be my best self. And so I'm kicking this back and forth with my coach and she came up, she's like, everything just keeps leading back to unstoppable. And I, and as soon as she said, I was like, that's it. And to understand branding, right. Is you basically want to have something that's going to be the umbrella. And then it just has this trickle down effect of what you're going to build under your umbrella. And that then allowed me to dive into, because I had written um, a journal that is really, it's a, it's a business manifestation journal that allows people to follow steps that I do on a daily basis and do it and implement it themselves. I'm somebody who needs something simplistic, like very clear and quick because I, my time is like this, do, 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 do but it has to be effective, right? Like you can't just do it in it and not have any effect because then why the heck are you doing it? It makes no sense. So, you know, I, it's been really exciting to see the brand evolutionize and, you know, being able to be on, you know, different TV segments, sharing about the unstoppable brand. And really like, this is my spiel about it is I really truly believe that anyone can become unstoppable. You have to believe in yourself and your unstoppable power is really determined for yourself and what makes you happy. So if you're not doing the things in your life that you're passionate about because you are like, well, I don't have enough money. I, 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 my kid, you know, I got to focus on my kids. I, there's like just excuses, right? Constantly you're not being the person you're supposed to be, right? And, and you can do these things in slow steps. You don't have to just like be like, okay, I have to sacrifice everything and jump in. It can be slow and easy. But if you find yourself to be more accountable, and that's where my journal comes into play, you're ultimately going to achieve your unstoppable power. You know, for the podcast itself specifically, I really wanted to feature people's, entrepreneurial stories, right? Of being unstoppable, because if you are a listener, you're going to see, you're going to listen to the, the same, not the same story. Like everyone's story is totally different. And I have people from all different types of industries, but at the end of the day, they have used their business to do good. And that makes them very unstoppable because all the things that they've been through in their life, they also want to give back. And that, you know, it teaches you, you can have a business, but you can also do good at the same exact time. And um, it's such a beautiful, like, way to bring your, your business and personal and combine it and have like ultimate happiness, so to speak. And it's honestly meant for everyone. So it's not just entrepreneurs. I, I, I like to say that because, you know, sometimes I see on LinkedIn, like, like people so unhappy being in their careers. And, you know, for me, I felt like I was meant to be an entrepreneur and I won't get into it now, but it's my long history line of my family being entrepreneurs. But I, you know, we gotta have people who love their jobs because if I didn't have my, my team, I wouldn't have a business. So how do we allow people who are in careers to feel like they're also unstoppable? And that's where, you know, this also comes into play of everyone is meant to have an unstoppable life. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy with what you do. You know, you mm -hmm. need everybody on the team, right? From the visionary leader to the, you know, person that puts things together to, I mean, you need people that just want to show up from nine to five and go home at the end of the day and be done with it. You know, they don't want to think about work anymore. You need everybody on that team mm -hmm. um, from the people that are kind of responsible you know, and show up uh, mm -hmm. and contribute. And then the people that, you know, can't leave it uh, at the office type of thing. Right. And that's yeah. most of us where, you know, you think about whatever it is, your career, your job, the companies you work for all the time, you know, you're looking to do more, you're looking to contribute. Um, we need everybody, you know, it's not just a single person to, you know, take the charge. Everybody's pretty much required to, to make that work, you know, from yeah. top to bottom, everybody has their spot in it. And I think that gets often, you know, lost, you know, there's, everybody's important to making that, uh, whatever it is, you know, your product, your service, your company, uh, work, everybody's needed, you know, top to bottom. Otherwise there wouldn't be a job position for yeah. them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of teamwork involved in that. And sometimes, you know, with some of the people that I coach, uh, some of the, you know, corporate businesses, if you, um, have some employees that maybe are really just going in and are like, I'm just clocking in, clocking out, you know, if you have the opportunity to maybe do an exercise with them and say like, what is, what are your goals? Let's write them out. Because if that is then going to say, well, I want to be a business owner, then, then that is going to be the reason why they are having a hard time focusing because they need to be doing what they want to do. Right. And how, and how do they get there? Let's write it out so they can visually see it. But really, ultimately, I would say that most people who have this feeling of being unhappy and dissatisfied, you know, there's usually something that's in the component of, you know, within maybe company culture, but also it could be something in their personal life and maybe not um, like a relationship personal, right? Maybe, maybe they're not, you know, they're like, oh man, I feel unhealthy or, oh man, I feel like I want to run a, a full marathon, but I just, I don't think I can. And, and they beat themselves up over it. And there's so much lack or self-doubt going on in their minds. So it's like, as somebody who has a corporate and wants to have all healthy employees, if you can find that thing that makes them tick and help them and help them feel empowered that they can run that full marathon and that they have the support, um, you're going to have happier employees and they're going to stick around for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, example is the best way to do that, you know? telling somebody they can do it or showing them those are two very, very different things. Mm -hmm. uh, examples really the only way to lead. Right. That's yeah, exactly. So you got to be the example for your people. Um, with that, we're coming up on time. Uh, Karina, any, uh, any last words that you want to share with our listeners before I wrap it up for us? Oh gosh. I feel like that's on the spot. I don't even, <laughs> <laughs> any last words of wisdom. Um, gosh, I feel like I said it all, but you know, I always like to just remind people you're not your circumstances. So don't let them define your future. You have the ability, you have the tools. Um, if you need extra help, you can check out my content. You know, you can reach out to me from my website, karinaburton.com. Um, I, I just, I hate to think about, you know, people and their struggles and them feeling like I can't do something because of something, you know, give yourself an opportunity to actually fail it and know for certain, maybe it's not cut out for you. And then at least you have that answer. But if you live a life of wondering, you know, that's not for you. You need to know for surety what you are meant to do on this earth because we have such a short time. So I leave everyone with that. How about that? <laughs> that's great. That, that's perfect. Couldn't have said it better. Um, <laughs> Karina, where can everybody find you? You said KarinaBurton.com. Uh, yeah. Where, where so I'm pretty like generic, right? Like I, I mentioned LinkedIn quite a bit. So you can find me there, Karina Burton. That's, you know, 
my name there on LinkedIn. Um, but you know, I also use my, my Instagram as well. I do create actually kind of two different content just because it's two different platforms. Um, that's Karina Burton as well. And then my unstoppable podcast that's hosted by me, Karina Burton. Um, that's how you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. No, it was really, I'm glad that I was able to virtually meet you both. Thank you. For sure. Any last words, Matt, before I wrap us up? No, that was a, that was a fun one. I'm glad we got to meet, glad we talked. And I would highly suggest people go, go give your, your podcast a listen. It's a great show. I listen to it once in a while. Um, follow your content. It's, it's really good stuff. Thank you. Cool. Guys, today, I think the big takeaway is not only, you know, and being unstoppable and, and going and doing things we talk about a lot here is, you know, you got to take action. You got to try things. You got to communicate well with your team, with others, um, put yourself out there, you know, not only in social media, but making phone calls, you know, to your teams. Um, all of that really matters. Uh, like Karina talked about, you know, when you're the chosen uh, contractor and partner on a lot of these job sites, you know, that matters and goes a long way uh, for, but it can be lost just as easily. I think we always forget that side of it is that if you're able to come in and take away business from somebody else, you can lose it just as quickly. So you have to maintain uh, that integrity, you know, for everything that you do for um, if her team didn't execute, you know, she wouldn't be on those job sites and, you know, vice versa. So at the end of the day, you know, make sure that you follow up and, and do what you say you're going to do, be a person and team of integrity um, and make things right, you know, when they aren't, like we talked about here at the beginning for our, our roofer that, uh, that did the right thing, you know, the, those things matter, they go a long way um, and really help out uh, a ton along the way. And if you're not doing it already, you should be generating content uh, yourself to put out, to educate people on, on what it is your company does, what you're great at what job sites you're doing, lessons learned. Um, and I think those are the things that people really uh, glob onto, not just the finished picture of whatever building you're, you're doing, but the, the lessons learned along the way. So make sure that you guys are putting out content and telling your stories. Like the, at the end of the day, that's going to matter more um, to bring people into the trades, to make the trades cool again and showing people, you know, what really can be done uh, within construction in all facets, you know, for construction cleaning to general contracting to design. So guys, that's going to be this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time, uh, please go like, review, share, and uh, we'll see you next week.